I'm Danette May, and today on Manifestable. I think that guilt in the healing process can be one of the hardest things because it makes us feel like we're stuck in this mud that we've put under our own feet because we don't want to move forward without our people that we are missing. We tell ourselves, too, that we're not allowed to be happy because they're not here with us anymore. And so, again, it's circling back to this and word of, well, what if I can find joy again and honor who I have lost? What if I can move forward and whatever that looks like, but that guilt, just want to remind you, your brain just wants to feel safe and like you're in control. Welcome to Manifestable, where you'll receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns and live into your soul's purpose. Each week, I will bring you epic guests, live coaching, and manifestation tools to remind you of your power. You have the ability to achieve extraordinary things, and the time to start is now. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the holiday series that I'm calling the 12 Days of Holiday Happiness. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be coaching you through a healthier, wealthier, and more positive holiday season. And we all know we could use that, right? We're going to be talking about everything from how to stay on track with your health and fitness goals, dealing with toxic family members, navigating loss and sadness, loneliness, and so much more. We're also going to have a lot of laughs, and I'll be bringing on guests to share some crazy experiences they have had around the holiday season. I'm going to be doing giveaways throughout this whole time. (laughs) And these are not just any giveaways. They are what we all need most around the holidays. Cash. Yes, I'm giving away cash. $50 Visa gift cards to 12 lucky winners and a grand prize of $500 Visa gift card to one lucky winner. To enter, all you have to do is hit the follow button on the Manifestable podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Usually it's in the upper right-hand corner. You click on the little bars up there and then you'll see the clicks down and you can click follow. And then share about the podcast on Facebook or Instagram and tag me at the Danette May so I can see it. The more you share, the more entries you get. Winners will be announced every week in the show notes when a new episode drops. In fact, why don't you go check right now in the show notes and see who today's winner is. Remember, every time you share counts as an entry, so there are no limits. This is going to be so much fun. But let's get started into today's 12 Days of Holiday Happiness episode. We are officially in the winter season, my friends, which in my house means the fireplace is roaring, cozy socks on, and we are drinking lots and lots of Earth Echo Cacao Bliss. I don't know about you, but I have a sweet tooth, but cannot stand all the artificial sweeteners, white sugars, and additives that you find in most hot chocolate. So after spending years researching cacao with indigenous tribes in South and Central America, I created the perfect chocolatey drink that not only tastes amazing, kids love it too, but it is so healthy and jam-packed with 10 different superfoods. My favorite way to drink Cacao Bliss is I just heat up about eight ounces of water. While it's heating up, I get my favorite mug and a hefty scoop of Cacao Bliss into my mug and pour the hot water over it. 
Sometimes I like to put a little bit of nut milk in there to make it a little extra creamy. That's how my daughter likes it. I use a lot of nut milk for her and maybe a little good keeping of healthy whipped cream. Then I use my Earth Echo hand frother and I mix it all together. It is the most delicious chocolatey treat and it gives me so much energy. There is no jitters and there's no sugar crash and it's only good for you. And I have to tell you, for a limited time only, if you go to earthechofoods.com and grab yourself a bag or two of Cacao Bliss by using the code MANIFESTABLE at checkout, you are going to get 15% off. Like you are going to love this thing. My husband puts it in his coffee every single morning. He makes like a mocha lotka latte in the morning using it. Okay, let me just tell you this again. Go to earthechofoods.com and use the code MANIFESTABLE at checkout and you're going to get 15% off your order. This is just for Manifestable podcast listeners. Go get this offer while you can. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to Manifestable. I am your host, Danette May, and today is a very special episode. I am hanging out with Ashley Lemieux, a grief expert and founder of The Shine Project. Now, the reason I reached out to Ashley is because I noticed on social that she was sharing quite openly about the loss of her son. And I watched as this girl went through this. She did it openly and she did it in this way because she wanted to help others. And it has led her on a process where she has now got a master's in science with an emphasis in grief and bereavement. She is known for talking about the hard stuff and finding tools to help us move forward and know that we're not alone. And she has three best-selling books. But I watched her because when I lost my son, when I went through that, I didn't share with anyone. I kept it very private. I grieved alone. And it wasn't until, you know, I was on the really putting out nutrition and fitness programs and I was doing it because that was my healing. That was my saving grace for moving through my grief. And I just was putting it out there. And I remember um, my team saying, well, you need to share why you're putting this stuff out there. Like you got to share your story. And that was kind of the first time I shared and realized the power of my voice and the power of sharing my vulnerability and sharing my guilt and sharing my story. And I was very curious to bring Ashley on to share about her story, what she went through and to be vulnerable. And on this episode, she shares something that she says she's never shared with anyone else about the passing of her son. And she felt it was a safe place. And I know that this is a safe place that this, with this manifestable family, this is a place where we get to talk about the passing of souls and the people that we love and the potential that this life that we're living is so much bigger and grander than what we can even see. And that the passing of souls is maybe we don't touch them in our physical form, but we know they're there. If you are alone, if you feel you've lost a loved one and you're having a hard time navigating the emotions that come with that, this episode is for you. We're going to do this together. We're going to dive in. Let's get started. Well, Ashley, I'm really excited to have you on, and I thank you for coming on. I know that you're busy and you have your own things that you're really 
inspiring the world through. But before we get into your story and why we chose to do this episode, which we'll both share, like what your intention was with this episode, what my intention was with this episode, what are you looking forward to right now? What are you working on that lights you up right now? You know, this might not even be the answer that you're expecting, but right now, two things. One, this weekend, I'm actually going to New York for a big podcast interview tour type of thing for my podcast. I'm really excited about it. But then after that, I'm really excited because this is the first holiday in over a decade where I am claiming this as my own wintering season, where I'm not starting new projects and I'm not running myself ragged. I have tendency to do that. So I'm excited to have a season where I'm not. (laughs) I love that because in this culture, especially this entrepreneurial culture that we're both in, it's like, what are you going to do with the last 90 days? What are you going to do with the last month? And it's like, nothing. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to hunker and I'm going to cook and I'm going to play with my kids. (laughs) And it's a privilege to be able to do that. And so I just kept thinking it's, it's time (laughs) that I do. So I'm excited. I love that. I love that. And I think I love that permission for those who feel that. And it's okay if you don't feel that, if you feel like this is a season where you're turning up the dial, great. This is your season to winterize. (laughs) Great. Love that. (laughs) That's great. Well, I want to ask, and then I'll share my intention. What was your intention for coming on with me today? My intention is to be able to help be a tool to help those during the holiday season who might be having a hard time because it can bring up so many heavy emotions while also bringing up joy to be a tool to help provide support and resources that feel maybe like a hug. Yeah, I love that. And my intention is I specifically reached out to Ashley to be on this episode because I lost my son. And I know statistically during the holidays, people can lose loved ones. For whatever reason, a lot of times loved ones transition during this time. And it can leave us feeling alone and confused and wondering and questioning. And I've watched Ashley share so vulnerably through social. I don't even know how I stumbled upon you. But when I lost my son, I just shelled up. I didn't share anything. I went through it alone. And granted, social media wasn't as prevalent at that time, and I wasn't prevalent on it. But I was very much soothed by her vulnerability. And I thought, you know what? We have this platform right now, aka podcast. And maybe just us sharing vulnerably will give you permission to share if you feel called to share or just at least know you're not alone. And that was my intention is just to create a voice, create a conversation where people feel less alone. And so that's why I asked Ashley and I'm so grateful she said yes, because it was like last minute timing. (laughs) Well, I'm happy you asked me and that it all worked out and that we could have this conversation right now. Yeah. So Now you guys both know we've uh, lost children and differently in different ways. But uh, if Ashley, if you're open, I'd love to just hear a little bit of the journey that you went through in losing your child. And I don't know, I I feel like spirit's going to take over and you're going to share because there's so many intricate pieces to the loss of a child or loss of a loved one, but maybe the pieces you feel called to share. Yeah, so I preface this by saying I feel like 2020... We're so tired of talking about it. I mean, <laughs> that is true. We're tired of talking about it. But 
most of us, if not all of us, are still dealing with impact of things that happened during that time. So I feel like 2020 is kind of like this equalizer year for us where we can say that we were going through a hard time and people know exactly what we mean. And for me, the very same week that everything shut down where I live in Arizona due to the pandemic, we had also just moved into our new house that we bought to plant roots because I was pregnant and we are so excited to just open this next chapter of our lives after going through some hard seasons before it. And a couple of days into being in our new home, I was not feeling well. I, I woke up fine when I on a walk with my mom. And by the end of the night, I was in my bed screaming. I was not able to get out of bed, but I hadn't gone to the doctor before that because I just kept saying it will pass. And I'm too afraid to go to the doctor because of this new virus it's floating around, everything's closed. And so I'll just wait it out. I'll be okay. So I get rushed to the hospital in an ambulance, which also happens to be the first day that hospitals shut down outside visitors. So after I was examined, first they examined the baby and he was good. And I was like, okay, I can get through anything. I had never been in that much pain in my entire life. So I knew something was severely wrong. I, I couldn't even move. They found that I had gone septic and I didn't know what that meant at the time, but being septic means that an infection that you have in your body enters your bloodstream. It can cause kidney failure, goes into your kidneys. It can make you lose limbs. Many people pass from sepsis. It's really scary. And then when you're pregnant on top of it, it's just a lot going on. And so they said, we have to admit you, you're going to be here for a while. And I remember just being wheeled away from my husband, feeling so alone. And because it was the beginning of the pandemic, they didn't know where to put me in the hospital because they wanted to limit my exposure as much as possible. So I was behind a little curtain in the triage floor for days. And at one point I got really sick and there were all these doctors around me. I mean, I was sick, I got sicker. I was having a hard time breathing my pain just shot up even higher than it had been, which is saying a lot because <laughs> I felt like I was already at a 50 out of 10. And I knew that after that moment, after I was stabilized, I just knew that there was no way that both me and my baby survived whatever was happening. And so I asked for another ultrasound and it took a few hours for them to take me down to get it. And the technician pulled up the screen and he only left it on for a few seconds because there was no heartbeat. And I saw immediately that there was no longer a heartbeat on our baby. And at that time, they told me I had to wait to talk to the doctor who didn't get up there for at least an hour. No one still was allowed to be with me. I just felt so lonely and scared and obviously sad. And the doctor told me that I had time to decide how I was going to deliver our baby. But you know, having it be my first pregnancy, I and because I was just in so much pain from my infection, I didn't realize that I was actually in labor all night long. And I ended up delivering our baby boy by myself the next morning. And after that, I entered into this world of grief that felt so heavy and angry. And I also was scared of 
being trapped inside my body, I experienced this betrayal trauma from my body. How can I trust myself? I, I let myself down. There were so many different emotions that I was feeling. I felt guilty. I felt guilty that I couldn't protect. And, and this is the story that I was telling myself, right? And I know now it's not true, but I felt guilty. I couldn't protect our son. And so then my husband's going through the grief and my family's going through the grief. And it was a really long road to, to try to get myself into a place where I could start grieving in a healthy way because the grief was compounded and compacted so deep that there was this trauma layered in it that was really hard to navigate through. Interesting. So you, this is not just an hour. This is a couple of days or days, right? Of feeling this intense... Yeah, um, all sorts of emotions of like anger, rage, betrayal, frustration, aloneness. So did you feel at all any spirit or God presence during this time? After I delivered Jay, his name is Jace, I felt him. And this is not something I talk about at all because it is very special to me, but it feels safe to talk about it here. I felt his presence and that's how I, how, how we decided on his name. For some reason, I knew his name meant healer. And I was like, what, what name for a boy means healer? And I found that the name Jace means healer. And that's, that was like never a name I thought up about at all. Um, but that's how we got his name. And I felt him very strongly with me for a long time after that. And People have different opinions about what we feel, especially after grief, but that's something that helped me a lot, especially because I felt so guilty that he was no longer with us. Wow. I I feel I'm I really feel honored that you would share that. And I think it's important. And sometimes when we have these what we would call like moments of spiritual in the grief, we kind of feel like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want it to take away from someone who may didn't have that. It is so special. We don't want to share it. But I think it's, I'm really grateful you did because, wow, what a gift. What a gift for you to be with him in those moments and to feel him so prevalently, you know, and especially when no loved ones can be there. And it sounds like you were alone in that process as well, which is, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think now so many of us went through being alone during the pandemic. And we haven't recognized that, oh, how I'm feeling right now actually might be grief. And yeah. part of being in grief is this feeling of aloneness because grief has this way of making us feel like we're the only person going through it, that the rest of the world is spinning along, but our world has stopped and we are alone in that stopping. And it can feel so isolating. But the truth is that so many people are experiencing that. And that's another reason why the holidays can feel so hard because if you've lost someone in the past, whether it's been a decade ago or even a couple months ago, the holidays just bring up this time of togetherness where we yeah. want to be with our people. And then again, we can start feeling lonely because that person isn't here. There's a missing seat at the table. It's empty. And those feelings of grief can feel so fresh. Like it just happened yesterday. Yeah. Absolutely. It's in the body because it is. It is a time where historically we've labeled as humans a time of gathering. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, for sure. 
How has Jace impacted your life since this time? I imagine he's with you and I imagine he's impacted a lot of decisions you've made. A way that Jace has really impacted me is when I was on the table and the rapid response team was called and and there was this moment of just panic for me. I thought I was going to die. And I asked the technician who was doing an EKG on my heart. I looked at him and I said, am I going to die right now? And that was, I think the only moment in my life where I ever felt like I was on this line of life or death. And something happened in that moment where I was like, I don't want to die. I actually have never wanted to live more than I do in this moment. Wow. I think that something that Jace has helped me with and has taught me is that he taught me how to live again. And he taught me how to find myself again, not in a way that I had been doing for the past few years of going through the motions and just trying to make it by because, you know, life gets hard. We go through some hard seasons, but really inviting me to sit with the ache of missing him and really trying to get still and quiet and not run from the pain, but invite it to teach me so that I could know what I needed to invite into my life so that I could have a path forward that felt good. And that would help me fulfill what I believe I'm supposed to be doing here on earth. Uh Oof. So good. So good. And you have made some decisions based off what I read in your bio. You're studying bereavement and you're helping people with these traumas. And I don't know if you would be on this path without that, right? Would you say you would be on this path of studying this without that and helping others and speaking and sharing? It's so hard to say because I was, I was speaking before my pregnancy with him. And I, I was an author before because I've, I've had grief in different ways, but I think specifically with Jace, because something so unexpected happened, it pushed me to stop putting limits around what I thought I was going to do in my life. And I started allowing it to be more expansive of what if there is a path that I haven't considered. So one of those things was that two years ago, I went back to school to pursue my master's degree in mental health and wellness with an emphasis in grief and bereavement. And So I got a master's in this because I personally know grief and I know how to walk people through it on a personal level. And I just thought, how supportive could it be to people, even if it's to one person, if I had this additional knowledge that I could walk alongside and figure out what that looks like, that's something, yeah, that I hadn't considered before, but that I think my pain led me to for sure. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you need an extra push to feel inspired or motivated to take on the day? I know I do at times. And are you searching for a sign to nudge you one step closer to achieving your goals? I've decided to do something and I'm doing it absolutely free. All you have to do is text JOY. You're going to text JOY to 720. Grab your pen and paper right now. 720-706- Five nine five six, and I'm going to send you free weekly inspirational messages from me directly to your phone. 
we don't have to do this life alone. I want to be there as a support. So just go ahead and simply text JOY to 720-706-5956. And I'm going to be sending you free. It might be an affirmation or encouragement, maybe a meditation, something that will help you start your week in the right foot with a simple message from me. Again, text JOY. And I'm going to give you that number one more time, 720-706-5956 to receive free weekly inspirational messages from me directly to your phone. I love you. You don't, you don't have to answer this question because I can answer it if you don't want to answer it. But I'm just super curious. And I know yours is a lot newer on a timeline than mine. Um, but I was curious if you feel... Now that there's been a passing of a loved one that you can say I've experienced, do you feel his spirit? Do you feel that there is almost like, yeah, we have this like physical form, this computer we're looking at and this chance for us to talk, but I can also feel something that I can't touch. And I know it as real as me and you talking. Do you feel that with him? Absolutely. And something that I like to, a way I like to explain it as it's if you're a mom and you have a child who's in the other room and you can't see them, you can still feel this presence of them being there and this love for them that, that they don't have to physically be right next to you in order for you to feel that connection. Mm -hmm. And so often I feel like he's here. He's just in another room. And so I can't just (laughs) physically see him, but I can feel the emotions and and this bond and that bond is love. Mm -hmm. And I I also think, you know, that is also one of the reasons that grief lasts forever. One time someone asked me, how long is my grief going to last? And I, and I said, how long is your love going to last? Grief is love. I think that part of grief is like the ultimate expression of love, of loving someone that you can't physically be with and then navigating what that looks like in your life so that you can both carry them with you and also allow yourself to dream again to the future that you're not just so anchored down to the past that you stop living. And that can be really difficult to figure out how to do. Yes. Oh, I love that you're saying this. I get a lot of people writing in and it wasn't ever my mission. So what happened with me as I lost my son and then it led me down a path of more nutrition, fitness, helping women. And I didn't ever tell anyone my story. And I remember the guy that was helping me get my mission out was like, Danette, people can't relate to you. Are you open to sharing your story about losing your son and going through this really horrible divorce and all this emotion? I was like, I guess I'm like, really? People want to hear this story? And he's like, yeah, people want to hear this story. So I remember sharing it for the first time and just like going, whoa, I have like shoved this thing down so far that I thought I was fine, but now I'm like crying and I couldn't share the story without crying every time. And now I can share it without crying, but it was so impactful in my healing. And I also want to just invite anyone listening, if you haven't had a chance to share and you think that that's maybe not your path, Maybe it's not, but maybe try sharing and seeing if that helps pull that emotion because it's okay to feel all the emotions and you're safe in all your emotions. And anyway, I remember sharing and then I'm doing nutrition fitness, right? And all these people started writing in about the passing of loved ones and the passing of their children. And 
I didn't really know what to do with all the emails, actually. And I don't know if you can relate to that. But one of the biggest things that I get a lot is this anger. And not to dismiss any anger, but they feel that this child or this loved one is gone forever. And I think that's why I ask you that question, because I always want to invite anyone listening that take on just the thought process, possibly that they are very near you, that they're very aware of you, that there's deep love and connection. And like you said, there might just be in another room and you don't get to hold them and you don't get to see them, but you get to feel them if you choose to. Yeah, I I love what you said about expressing your grief. Grief unexpressed is going to come out some way. <laughs> and something that I love suggesting is writing. You don't even have to share it with anyone, but the yeah. act of being able to get your feelings out in a way that you're able to control and navigate so that it's not just living inside of your body, but can be put on paper and your mm-hmm. brain can sort through and see that actually can be so healing. Writing is so cathartic. There's actually a lot of research on how important it can be in our healing journey. And the thing about grief is that it's as bad as it is. I think that sometimes, you know, people want to tell us things to make it feel better. You know, I'm often asked like, what do you want to tell the person who's going through a hard time right now? Or is there something that you can say to make them feel better? And I'm like, I just want to validate you. I want to validate you that your pain is as hard as you feel like it is right now. And that's yours. And I'm sorry that you find yourself sitting in it. And I also know that there's so much life for you to live in the future. It's this and word of this grief and joy that we find again, this yeah. sorrow and this hope that started coexisting. But until we can find the words for our emotions of how we're really feeling, like you said, it just gets shoved down until it gets to this boiling point where you can't shove it down anymore. And it just can be really hard to navigate that. Yeah, yeah. It'll come out. It can come out in different ailments in the body. It can come out in rage in different ways that you're like, I don't even know why I'm so angry at this. But it's not really you're mad at that. It's mad at these emotions that need to get, that get to be processed, that get to be felt, that you're valid in them. Maybe you have some wisdom around this just because of your training. But one thing that I've noticed, and you even referred to it, and I felt it extremely, was this feeling of guilt. And I've noticed the people that are talking to me about the passing of a loved one regardless if it's coming from your own body, because I felt extreme guilt with my son coming through my body too, and me not listening, or I must have done something wrong. And I also feel that people that have lost someone that's not a child coming out of their body, they feel like they still didn't listen, or they still didn't show up. And there's this element of guilt. And I wonder if this is just a human condition that we tend to lean towards to justify our pain, but wonder if you have any wisdom around someone navigating guilt during this time. Guilt is actually a common emotion that we all feel when we go through grief. And let me tell you what research has shown us about it because it invites us to be a little bit softer on the stories that we're telling ourselves of I'm to blame or I should have just done this or this, and then that wouldn't have happened, or I shouldn't be happy because they're gone. How could I, quote unquote, move on when they're no longer here? What kind of person that make me? There's so many stories surrounding guilt that we tell ourselves 
that prevent our healing. Here's why we feel guilt. Our <laughs> brains are trying to protect us and tell us that we live in a predictable world where we have control over uncontrollable circumstances and situations so that if we can tell ourselves that if we were to do X, Y, or Z differently in the future, then we will be safe. Nothing bad will happen again and everything will be okay. That's why our brains have us feel guilty. It's because we want to feel safe and existing in a world that has grief and loss and uncertainty. Yes. And it has nothing to do with you being able to be in control or not, but that's what we tell ourselves. So I just want you to know it is not your fault. And I think that guilt in the healing process can be one of the hardest things because it makes us feel like we're stuck in this mud that we've put under our own feet because we don't want to move forward without our people that we are missing. We tell ourselves too that we're not allowed to be happy because they're not here with us anymore. And so again, it's circling back to this and word of, well, what if I can find joy again and honor who I have lost? What if I can move forward and whatever that looks like, but that guilt just want to remind you, your brain just wants to feel safe and like you're in control. Yeah. And what if your loved ones watching from another, I like using the analogy of another room is like, have some fun. I'm cheering you on. Oh my gosh. I know your heart already with a million thoughts that you can't even express. I know who you are. Live your life. I love you. Go for it. I'm cheering you on. Like all the things if I know if I passed on, I would want my kids, my loved ones to just let it rip. Like yeah. I would want them to let it rip. I wouldn't want them to be sad about me. I really wouldn't. I would be like, I know you love me. Go let it rip. I feel that they're also like on the other side going, let it rip. Like go have some fun. Yeah. I For me, I realized that I didn't want Jace to carry any kind of weight of yeah. me not living my life. Because yeah. that's not fair. Mm -hmm. And I think that spirituality can help us assign our own meaning to things of, of whatever picture in our mind or thing we tell ourselves helps us to mm -hmm. release that guilt. That's one of the ways that spirituality and, and connection can really help facilitate a healing process also. Totally. Well, let me ask two things because I know you've done many two things that you took on that really helped you navigate this. I want to say once you got home, what were two things, and I know you took on many, but two things that you feel called to share that have really helped you navigate this. I put myself on a healing routine. I literally called it my healing routine. And I say that because I'm the type of person in my grief where I try to make myself as busy as possible so I don't have to think about it. I try to run as fast as possible so that work keeps me busy. I have excuses to just be the ragey way that I am in my grief. <laughs> and I knew that I had to have a healing schedule so that I could give myself what I actually need needed. So what did that look like? <clears throat> well, I was also recovering from sepsis. So that looked like figuring out what foods made my body feel good. It looked like doing breath work and yoga because I couldn't work out, but my body needed movement. 
It looked like writing. And so as I would lay out my schedule for the day, I would very much like write it in my calendar of even if it was from nine to nine, 10, because I only had 10 minutes, I'm going to sit and do my breath work. But it helped me take it more seriously, just creating this healing schedule. Like if I was at an intensive, you know, out in the wilderness somewhere and because and someone was trying to help me get my life back together, it made me take it as seriously as that and not put myself on the back burner. Oh, yeah, it was, it, that was really helpful. And that's something now that I help walk other people through because it can feel tricky how to navigate that. Something else that I did that I love to talk about is I went to therapy and it's really important to know that you can have grief without trauma, but you can't have trauma without grief. And so if you are in the realm of this traumatic grief, having therapy to help you be able to enter into a normal grieving cycle is so important. Otherwise we kind of just get stuck in it and we can feel like we're banging our heads against the wall and something that we can't get out of. And then even if there is no trauma associated with your grief, we still need support to go through our grief. We need to be witnessed. We need tools and therapy. I still go, you know, three years later, I'm still going because having the tools that I need so I can show up for myself, for my family is the most important thing that I can do with my time and resources. And I also know that that's not easily accessible for everyone. And so I love telling people that a lot of times master's programs in wherever you live, they have master's students who need a certain number of hours for their, I forget what it's called, but we'll call it an internship. And a lot of times those are on a sliding scale or they're completely free. So there are options. You just have to be a little creative on how you find them. Oh, that's awesome. I actually can relate to what you just said. So I want to reiterate it. That's why I got into fitness and nutrition because I didn't put it, call it a healing routine. I think I like how Ashley, she, you remind me of a Virgo. I don't even know what your sign is, but very like, (laughs) very structured probably. And like, you're very not structured though, which is wild. (laughs) That's why I had to be structured in my healing. Otherwise I was going to be flying off the map in like whatever direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just went into it naturally, which is why I was so passionate about food and movement. And that's why I started my career in that because that was what healed me is getting doubling down on the healing foods, the foods that made my brain feel like I could actually think and foods that gave me energy and support and didn't spiral me down even more. And then movement, of course, movement was the hugest piece for me. Um, And so that's always, I love that you and I share that in common. Love about the movement before you move on, because I didn't know this till recently, until I was doing my grief research. We act, our bodies need movement to release our emotions. Yes. That's how we get out of our emotions. In fact, I was in therapy a couple of weeks ago and she said, I'm ending our session and I, you need to go on a run. That's it. And so I don't think, you know, a lot of times it's like, go to the gym so that you can look a certain way or I go so I can feel a certain way because we literally need it so that things cannot get stuck in our body and move out. So sorry to cut you off, but I just always think that is so fascinating. It's huge. Movement helps with the nervous system, which the trauma is in the cells. And so when you move, it's moving things through the the cellular membranes. 
And I don't think it gets as, I mean, we hear about it, but I don't think it gets as much. I always tell people move like your life depends on it because it does. And, you know, it can be in whatever way floats your boat. It can be dancing. It can just be shaking, 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 shaking. I was just doing coaching on that right before I jumped on with you. It's like having people shake, tap their body, run. Running was a big part of my therapy too. I love that your therapist like, go run. Because running, I just became like this avid runner. It was like my free therapy. I <laughs> just love that. Run and run and just be with it. Like be with it, you know, with every stride and every heartbeat. So that was really big. But journaling was another part of my, and it still is. I do a lot of processing of thoughts, questioning my thoughts, questioning the stories. So I do a lot of inquiry um, every morning, especially if I wake up with dreams that don't feel very good or thoughts that don't feel very good or a feeling in my body that doesn't feel good. I, I dissect it like a little scientist and I go, okay, this thought, is it true? And okay, what if it's not 100% true, what's a new thought that feels better? And I write it down and really work through that. So I still do it <laughs> on a lot of different areas of my life. But I love this. So thank you for sharing vulnerably. And in closing, I would love for you to imagine. Now, these aren't people that have lost someone, but just human race. You're standing in front of millions and millions of people and you're going to pass on. And so these are your final words that you get to share. What would you share? I would share that I hope people learn at some point in their life and to always remember that healing was never supposed to be one big moment, but it's consistent movement forward. And if you feel like it's taking you a long time to get to this place where you want to be, that it's all part of the journey of life. And it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It means that you're human and I'm just so proud of you for showing up for yourself. So good. Thank you for that. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your heart and your work that you do in the world. And for those of you listening, we just want you to know we're wrapping you up in love and we let you know that we're here with you, that wherever you're at in your car or your home or and the emotions that you're feeling that it's all perfect and we love you. So. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being on today. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for having me. Bye. So to get the free loss meditation, if you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with sadness, it is absolutely free for you. This is my gift to you. I understand loss with losing my son, my best friend, some family members. All you're going to do is type in loss, L-O-S-S dot manifestablepodcast.com. I'll say that again, loss, L-O-S-S dot manifestablepodcast.com. Or you can go into the show notes right now and click the link and go directly there. I am sending you so much love. I have a question for you. Are you tired of going on dates with no success? Are you currently in a relationship and are longing for a deeper connection? Do you desire a love that transcends time and space and literally is filling you up so that you're never wondering if you're enough or wondering if you're loved or adored? Well, I want to tell you you're not alone and I have just the solution for you. 
I created a program called the 21 Day Attract Your Soulmate Challenge. This is a program that is incredible journey to manifest the love you truly desire in days. Yeah, you heard that right. 21 days. Whether you're in a relationship, whether you're trying to attract one to just get the most out of the love in your life. So during this 21 day challenge, you'll discover powerful techniques to attract the love that you truly desire in the love language that you would like to receive. We're talking about a love that ignites your soul, a love that feels like it was written in the stars just for you. This challenge will provide you with daily exercises, affirmations, and secrets to help you become a love magnet. You'll learn how to let go of past baggage, past stories, past experiences, boost your confidence, and open your heart to new possibilities. If you are ready to manifest your soulmate and create a love story for you, if the answer is yes, then I want you to head over to relationship.manifestablepodcast.com to join now. You can also go into the show notes and click the link, but it's relationship.manifestablepodcast.com and you're going to be able to sign up for this challenge. Literally in 21 days, you will be able to write to me and say, oh my goodness, I am in a more loving, more caring, more juicy relationship with my current husband or my current partner. Or you might say, hey, I was single and I was afraid to get into a relationship and now I'm in a relationship I love and adore and it's right for me. There's no better time than now to start attracting the deepest, most passionate relationship of your dreams. And I have to tell you, it's for you. It is for you. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter if it's been good or bad. Let's do this together. I'm going to show you how. Go to relationship.manifestablepodcast.com or click the link in the show notes and sign up now. Sending you all my love.